Welcome to Poor Shark. This is a true story of three strangers picked together to get together and have their lives monitor. Possibly stopping play and start getting real. I'm Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Pops, Brock Road Elementary, Valedictorian class of 06. I just want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. That was just this Sunday. I know, Ezra, you're a big Halloween guy, so I just want to do that just Hell for no. you. I'll never give into that pagan holiday, the devil worshippers. Did you never celebrate it growing up? Never celebrated it growing up. So are you anti-giving out candy then? Yeah. I think that's a weird concept on its own. Like, you tell kids to stay away from strangers with candy, but one day of the year, which they live for, they go up to strangers and ask for candy. Sounds like grooming to me. <laughs> Halloween, just a big grooming holiday when you think about Fast. it. So you never, like, if Mariah wanted to hand out candy, like, you would just be like, nah, I'm not, not in my house? Um, I probably wouldn't care if she handed out candy. I'm not really, like, actively taking part in that, though, because, like, one, I'm not a groomer. Um, two, that's just, like, weird. Um, so then, I mean, I'm just going to ask to round it out. What about your kids if they want to go out? or Are you going to let them or no? If my kids are dumb enough to ask me to go off on Halloween, I done, done a bad job raising them. <laughs> last halloween question for everybody if you were giving out halloween candy even ezra i'm gonna need you to pretend that you're a groomer for a second apparently um and you had like clearly teenagers like coming to your household like do you just tell them to fuck off or do you just give them some candy i feel like you'd have to still give them candy like what's is there a cutoff i feel like there has to be a cutoff when you should stop trick-or-treating yeah but some people are fucking losers yeah, but imagine if you had like a twenty-six-year-old saying, "Hey, trick or treat." You're gonna tell this adult, "Yeah, sure, have some candy." Probably. So progressive yet, so not. Well, I'm saying not. like, not me personally, but people in that position, because like kid-wise, it's gonna get tricky if you're like the neighbor. Let's say you got a five, ten, fifth grader who wants to trick or treat. You're like, "Fuck no, you're too old." Niggas 10 years old. Like, you got a D1 athlete at age 12, 6'4, 280, just trying to trick or treat. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I, I want to be tested to see how I would react. I'm giving, I'm giving the older ones beer. I saw someone posting their Instagram story like, um, candy for the kids, beer for the adults. And I was like, that's something I could get behind. If I have to walk around the neighborhood with my kids for like hours to do so, someone handing out beer, I'm definitely going to take one. No questions asked. Absolutely. So did everybody have a good Halloween weekend? Did you guys get into anything specific uh, this whole weekend at all? Yeah, I raged. Went on a three-day bender. It was solid. Ended with a uh, puppy costume parade, so... I'm good. Mm. Um, I just chilled. Worked Saturday. Went out with the girl. Watched football all Sunday late. I feel like normal people do. You know the vibes. No Halloween weekend for you? No, but here's my thing. I was telling the boys this. I feel like Halloween weekend, Holo weekend. I feel like that is like... Halloween is for like the kids. Halloween weekend parties slash Holo weekend, whatever, is for like college age like 18 to 20 years 21 because after that you done done it two or three times you're not really into that no more if anything you're probably just going to the bar to drink 
And then you've got to like re get into like Halloween costumes when you're a family with kids. I feel comfortable saying like mostly all of my friends are in that like 23, 24 to 30 range where like we're in that middle point where we don't got kids, but we also not going to be at a a Halloween party. So it's really just a regular day to us. I mean, we had uh, something for the law school, uh, open bar, all that kind of stuff. So I definitely went out and everybody was dressed up. The issue was because the university is still trying to follow COVID protocols. It had to be outside. So it's like outside on a Friday night at the top of this hill. It was so fucking windy. And no one who was like, I, I still was in, I was like, how are the people who were organizing this, who were like in your friend group, didn't send like a text before anybody got there, like, hey, wear a fucking jacket because the wind is blowing out of its mind up here. Yeah, someone definitely should have. Um, also got questions for both of you on um, both of you and Anna for going out, but I get it. Anna's still in school. But see, this isn't undergrad anymore, Anna. You're a lawyer. Well, it was it was sponsored by the law school. Uh, that's even weirder because now I'm going to a college-sponsored event. Ain't never done that. Yeah, man, it's lit. Open bar. They, I mean, they do stuff every. It's like through the school, but it's like through the I don't know SBA or whatever. But it's like they do like a bar review every Thursday, so they have like an open tab at a certain bar, and you just drink and eat, and it's all paid for by the school. That's school actually, is really pro alcohol al- alcoholism, to say the least. I do enjoy that. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I feel like if I was in law school, that would give me even more reason to drink. What the fuck is going on over that there? That was mine. That was mine. I was trying to stop an ad. Um, yeah, no. The, I mean, again, open bar was good. They were pouring heavy. Let me tell you, they were pouring heavy, and you fucking needed it with how that wind was going. <laughs> to warm you up. Uh, yeah. I, and I was, like, taking down doubles, like, chugging them to try to get warm. <laughs> so that's that's where we were at. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, Saturday was like Loki had a couple people come over here, but it wasn't like costumes. It was literally just like hanging out because like, I don't, I didn't want to go out on Halloween weekend because then I have to wear another costume. And also I feel like the bars are going to be extra packed because it's Halloween weekend. Extra packed. It's going to be extra annoying. You're not getting served unless you're an extra baddie slash slut. It's just not worth your time. You know what? I have to ask this and then we'll move on. Are you are you pro slutty costumes? Or are you anti slutty costumes? Um, I'm not even gonna lie. I prefer like creativity. If it's creative and it's good, I prefer that over slutty. Because I didn't see, I didn't been drinking and partying since high school. I've been looking at slutty Halloween costumes since ninth grade. Like you're not gonna show me any slutty costume that I ain't already seen. So like, it's kind of whatever. Paige, are you pro or against slutty costumes? Um, pro, obviously. Just wear whatever the fuck you want. Whatever you want to be. Um, I went to the bar Friday, and it was, like, kind of busy, but not really. And then the actual day of Halloween, I went to a house party. And there was, like, 30, 35 people there. And it was fucking great. Like, such a good time. It was mostly all couples, but I didn't really care. And then I was my roommate. And then yesterday, I just hung out at the bar all day and watched the little puppy parade. And... It was chill, and then I came home and took an edible and went to sleep. Slept for like 13 hours. So, yeah, solid weekend. 
Um, all right, we got some things coming down in the pipeline. We kind of started teasing stuff. We kind of talked about it last week. The sitcom, I don't even know what we're calling it yet, but we're going to have kind of a sitcom, all-time sitcom bracket going on. Um, we haven't decided if we're going to do 32 or 64 shows. There's a lot of logistics to figure out, but we started taking suggestions last week. Thank you, people who responded. I know you both put it on your stories. I'm going to put it on my story this week. Probably put on the Instagram again to just get a bunch of suggestions. So, you know, hit any of us that are hit the Porsche Talk DMs, whatever, let us know. All time favorite sitcoms. And then we're going to, I don't know, we'll probably set something up to start hopefully next week, if not the following week for sure. I don't know, 32 to 64, depending on the amount of reviews that we get. Yeah, I feel like 64 is solid because just thinking of it, we'll discuss this off. It's talking to a, friend of the podcast Aton and he was telling me that he's an all-time all-time sitcom guy he was like I'll give you stuff from the 50s and I was like I'll be honest with you I don't need stuff that old yeah I appreciate appreciate it (laughs) so uh, I'm gonna reach out to him and get some suggestions um and then we'll have a 64 I don't even know how we'll do the rankings or the seating but it'll it'll happen very soon so I actually put this as the question last week because um, I didn't feel like we had a good quote, but I'm going to ask it to you guys now. If you could be famous, what would you be famous for? <sighs> I've seen that. Um, I'm not going to lie. Probably just comedy, but not like stand-up, just like on-spot roasting. Like a, uh, what's a Drewski guy? Is that what Drewski does? I just be seeing Drewski in terrible fits, if I'm being honest. That's the only reason I know who he is. Or more... Or, is it strictly roasting, or could you do something like the guy from TikTok who's like the coach who just roasts bad plays? No, I'd probably be closer to like DC Youngfly, like just uh, roasting for giggles. I feel like you could do that on TikTok if you just told people to send you things to roast and then you started roasting them. Yeah, like have people tag you and shit and just stitch them and just roast the fuck out of their appearance. That would be funny. Probably could, but I follow a few people who do that. Don't want to bite their swag. Um, I don't know what I would be famous for if I could be famous for anything. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I think if I were to be famous for anything, what would it be for? A part of me wants to say just like a very successful business, but like, I don't want to have to run anything. Like I want all the groundwork and the fame and fortune already to be done. And then I'm just like cashed out. I almost you could be feel like... Invest- I almost feel like that changes the question, though. Because then it's not necessarily what would you be famous for? It's more what would you be rich for? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, CEOs of, like, successful companies are really famous. They're kind of just rich. Like, I wouldn't even describe Bezos as famous. I just describe him as rich. But I feel like if you say Bezos, people know who that is. So there's a certain level of fame connected to that. <sighs> I mean, I... You're probably not wrong. It just I, depends on what your definition of famous is. Because I think you're thinking more of like, let's just say like TMZ famous. And I'm thinking like worldwide, like people know who the fuck you are kind of thing. Yeah, but is that famous? or is, mm, I guess that's semantics at this point. Because like, let's talk about the Pope. Is the Pope famous? Fuck no, the Pope not famous. He just not. Pope's very famous. He's just a public figure. Uh, I wouldn't even call him a public figure for real. 
I mean, the definition of famous is known about by many people, and fucking a lot of people know about the Pope. If you're I mean, talking about celebrity, that's different. If we're literally just saying known about by lots of people, if that's what it takes to be famous, and I mean, I guess the Pope famous, but eh, something about that feels weird. I mean, we can, if you want to switch us, we can say, what would you be a celebrity for? Because I feel like celebrity is more of like broad public like fame for like doing something not just known by a lot of people. I almost would have considered the Pope more of a celebrity than famous. Because really? he got a little group of Catholic fanboys. He's a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, not, not famous to me. <laughs> not fanboys. All right, I'm going to go, I'll, we'll change it. What would you be a celebrity for? Um, I would honestly like to be a celebrity for like, oh, that's tough. What do I want to be a celebrity for? Roasting people was a good one. I'm hip. <laughs> I was thinking about like a movie star, but like you, when you hear people talk about that, like there's so much work that goes in the, uh, into all the actual being a movie star. I'm almost at the point where like, I feel like that's almost capped. Because I didn't see so many bad, like, good shows or, like, good movies with bad actors and bad acting. And it's like, he he was paid to do this? Like, I almost feel like if you're attractive to the masses, they'll overlook your bad acting. I mean, a thousand percent. But I'm saying more is, like, it's just hard, like, the long hours and, like, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff that I don't want to do. Honestly... Being like a singer songwriter, because think about Frank Ocean. People know who the fuck Frank Ocean is. When does this man tour? When does this man drop albums? He's got the life. He does really have the life. I, mm, I might be like a singer songwriter kind of guy. He's probably, that kind of goes back to what we talked about last week about me wanting to make a, a hit single. He's probably low on money by now. Though. Paige, I'm assuming you do you still do you have an answer if you're a celebrity now instead of just famous? Mm. I mean, no, I don't feel like I'm good enough at anything to be famous for it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. but the whole point is like, like I'm never gonna be a singer songwriter. But like, if you could, damn be famous, sure not. Be famous for? <laughs> yeah, probably not. I got no tone, no nothing, no pitch, <laughs> rhythm, none of it. I got nothing. I have no idea. I'm also very high. This is going a lot into this conversation, but I just don't think I can think that deep into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you would be a uh, fitness inspiration person. You like to do fitness. I do. There you go. I do. I do. I've been applying for like um, ambassador with like alphalete and stuff to get like links and codes and shit. So hopefully that happens. Mm, there you go. So we'll see. Small steps in the page becoming an Instagram model and quitting her job forever. You heard it here first. If I can get paid to sell people fucking leggings, hell yeah. Side note to this, so I I start a new job I think next Monday. So, but I I put my two weeks in last was it two weeks ago, and then I took a week of sick days. So I've been living retired for like a week, and I'm coming into my second week, and I'm 26 years old, and I'm ready to be retired for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're getting rid of the notion that you got to work till 65 to retire. Amen. Work hard till 30, become your own boss, retire at 45. I'm trying to retire today. 
Yeah, no, um, that's not an option for you. <laughs> Just work long enough to have multiple passive streams of income to where you don't have to actually do anything and still make money. Yeah, that's the goal. But I just want to be retired. Like the the freedom to wake up and it's like, oh, I'm going to take the dog to the park and like throw the ball around while there's no one outside is like a fantastic move. Make a little smoothie, yeah. get a little workout in, shower. Like I've been living my best life. Yeah. Yeah, that stay at home dad life is like that. I told Anna, I said, if you sell your soul and go to Big Law, I'll be a stay at home dad and do nothing all day. <laughs> What'd she say to that? Um, I still don't think she's going to sell her soul, but if she ever changes it, I will be a stay-at-home dad so quick. And I was thinking about it. I was like, listen, you know, people complain as like a stay-at-home parent. You got to get the kids up. You got to take care of them after school. Listen, you send them to school for like eight hours. That's a lot of time for freedom for me. Yeah, but it's going to be the first five years that are going to drain you, like before you can send them anywhere. What? I'm going to send them as soon as I can. No, but, like, up until they're ready for kindergarten, where you're with these niggas 24-7, like, shut up. Yeah, no way. Maybe I'll get a nanny. Mm. So you'd have to be making big money to go to work all day, let you get a nanny, <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot do anything. And and if you're listening, the he's either cheating on you with the nanny, or <laughs> while the nanny's watching the kids, he's out cheating on you. Those are the only oh. two options. Let somebody tell me they're a stay-at-home parent with a nanny. Like, what? Bro, that sounds like the dream. The dream. Did you wake up? What if somebody works from home and has a nanny? I mean, that's different. You're working from home. So you have to actually be working? Yeah, you're working. And I'm sure you're, like, locked in, clocked in and stuff. Yeah, because think about it. Like, you want to work from home, even if you're, like, it's very relaxed, but like I couldn't take care of like kids while doing that. Like barely take care of the no, dog to make sure it goes out. You could. I know parents who do it, and I know you'd be capable of it. Yeah, but how old are the kids? Like infants. Like one of me and Eli's girls from camp, Morgan knows her too. I'm trying to get on a podcast. Her business turned in three mil last year, and she got a two year old daughter that she like runs from her house on her own. Jeez. Yeah. Shannon and Steph Steph and Shannon know her. There, uh, she was one of Steph's uh, sorority sisters. Oh yeah, what is the business? Uh, some woman's brand. Mm. Yeah, no, no free ads though. So she yeah, no free ads. <laughs> no, I just want to know like the vague description. Um, I'm looking right now. She does like women's brands, so she's got like she does like purses, and I don't think it started out as purses though. Give me a second to find her. I got a side hustle coming soon. As long as I do some more research about it come springtime, I'm about to be... Actually, I'm not going to be raking in any money in case the IRS is listening to me. Uh, Never mind. I have no business coming. <laughs> Wait, do you really, or are you just, like, fucking around? Um, Off the record, not IRS listening. I do have something potentially in the works after talking to my uncle about it. And it mm-hmm. seems like it's Easy money, but again, the IRS, there is no money to be made. This is all fictional. Speak hypotheticals. No businesses here. Okay, now that we got all of that out the way, <laughs> it's a, uh, she does vegan handbags. That's that's a very interesting. One of them is actually like kind of like that. I was like, damn, this is kind of dope. No, I'm sure it's probably, but like, 
that's just a very actually you know it's probably a big market because people probably don't want like leather kind of stuff also bitches will buy anything that says vegan on it hey it's better for the environment and we're caring about the environment fucking psych (laughs) (laughs) it's the same way people will buy anything that says gluten free on it even if the food originally didn't have gluten in it it's fucking dumb blows my mind I'm big on gluten free there's no way you're gluten free no I'm not gluten free but I'm big on gluten free why what you mean why why are you big on gluten free? Because I just seen like a lot of people who have like gluten kids, like gluten free kids or whatever, and they have to then adjust their whole life to also be gluten because you don't want to accidentally bring like gluten stuff home. I was talking to Ryan about Mark Cuban, how he went gluten free because his kids are, and I know one of my boys who has a daughter who's gluten free, and it's like from what I've been told, the tastes don't change that much, and it's like supposedly better for you. So I'm big on gluten free. Just in case I have a kid who's gluten free. I mean, yeah, if you have a kid that's gluten free, that's definitely different. I can respect you for being like, I'm just gonna change my life for that to make it easier. But let don't let them lie to you, okay? I've had gluten free bread, desserts, things working at catering for years. I should just trash compared yeah, but, to But were you tasting stuff. like poor quality? Because I had a gluten free pizza like two summers ago. Shit tasted like pizza to me. Yeah, some stuff they can do pretty well. Some stuff, like cake, is pretty bad. It tastes like Play-Doh. I'll be eating but, cake anyway. Yeah, but like some stuff is really good. Like gluten-free pasta, you cannot taste the difference at all. So, Isn't Wendy's kid uh, Jordan gluten-free? Are, I think are so. they both gluten-free? The boy is. Because I remember we were talking Jerry. about that when we were there. And then yeah. she was like, oh, yeah, once they stop eating gluten-free, or like stop eating gluten, like their fucking whole bodies change. Yeah. It's crazy. Some people are better than me. I'd force my kid to eat gluten. I'm not going to cap. It would come to a point where it'd be like, <clears throat> we did this for you. If I wasn't willing to completely change, um, I'm going I'm to do this for you up until you're like 15, 16. And then you have to fend for yourself. Like, <laughs> if it got gluten in it, don't eat it, nigga. Like, what? <laughs> are you carrying that same energy with like a peanut allergy? Because what if you carry peanuts and your kid will accidentally die if you, like, had a reason up? What I will say is the amount of people with, like, airborne peanut allergies is so minimal. It's almost non-existent. It's not. No, not airborne, but, like, touching and stuff. Yeah. um, If my kid passed the age of 12, 13, and they know they're allergic to peanuts and they're dumb enough to touch peanuts, that's on you. This house is not peanut free. You might be peanut free. Don't eat no peanuts, nigga. I was going to say, man, you know how much peanut butter I eat? Yeah. You think I can just get rid of that? Mm-mm. Not a chance. Trail mix? Uh-huh. Yeah, by that age, they know better. That's all I Um, Speaking of more job stuff, we'll just kind of wrap this into the other one. Um, people who make their lives their whole job or their yeah, their lives their job or spend their free time bitching about their job. I hate Never this. understood it. I hate Never understood so it so much. Like, don't bitch to me about your job. 24-7, and then we go out to the bar, gotta take this, the boss is calling, nigga, shut the fuck up, it's 8 o'clock, send him the voicemail, like, this nigga is not your husband, your girlfriend, none of that, like, hang the fuck up on this nigga, it's weird to me, like, people who feel like they've gotta go the a thousandth mile for, like, their co-workers or their boss, oh, I gotta go in early to cover so-and-so on my off day, 
but I'm gonna go in for an hour because she's running late. No, nigga, nobody gonna be there because I won't. I damn sure won't. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the type of people that like not only hate their job, but it's like the only thing they're capable of talking about. Like if you hate it so much, then like don't talk about it in your free time because it's just slowly taking over you in all aspects. I don't understand that. Like there's so much else you can talk about. The only pass I'm giving for people who talk about their job a lot, which will still irritate me, is if you truly love your job and that's just something you happen to be passionate about. Like, because I got a boy who's a chef. If you're a chef and like every time I'm around, you're like talking about this new recipe or this and that or tell me I should try this. I'm not necessarily pissed off of you talking about work, quote unquote, because like you're passionate about it. You love it. But like, don't hate your job and then talk about it every time. And even if you're passionate and enjoy your job, I'm only going to listen to you talk about it for so long. Yeah, there's just like a separation between like work and just life. You know, like you, no matter how much you like your job, you should be able to separate from it and like be able to live and like relax and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. There's people who I've worked with who would like sign on, you know, later at night to get work done or like they'd be like anxious about work the next day or, you know, checking stuff on vacation. I'm like, bro. As soon as I'm clocked out, I don't give a fuck. If I'm on vacation, don't hit my line. Like, there's just levels to it. Like, I'm not trying to worry about this stuff and stress out too much. Like, once I'm done. Yeah. I agree. You got me for eight hours every day. Fucking annoy me, harass me, bother me during those eight hours. Once those eight hours that you pay me for are over, don't hit my line. You would have to pay me a lot to do so. I'm also not coming in for overtime if it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Mm. Unless I'm like hard on money or good, or I'm like, you know what, Christmas is coming up. I'll work a lot of overtime right now. Normally, if it is voluntarily, I'm not working overtime, especially when they're like really cheap and will only like, they won't give you time and a half or some shit. Like, mm-mm. Yeah, if they're not giving you time it. and a half, you need to fight them. Um, that's, that's what illegal. I'm saying. But... Oh my god, that is absolutely crooked. But that's a story for another day. Um, what I will say, most people, including myself, are the opposite. They're not going in for mandatory overtime. I'll do voluntary overtime because that then means I can pick up shifts when I want to work. Don't tell me like, hey, every third Saturday you gotta work mandatory overtime because then that's when I have a problem with it. But voluntary, as long as I can pick out the shifts I want, I'm straight with that. I remember when I was applying for jobs and interviewing, they were like. So one place was like, yeah, we do like, um, I think it's like once a month or like twice a month, like Saturday, couple hours doing stuff. And I was like, but they were like, ah, but you don't get paid for it. Like it, it basically because it's it's salary stuff, you're not going to get overtime. And I was like, what are we talking about here then? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm just not fucking doing it. Uh, that's going to get tricky. It's not going to get tricky. Y'all just not going to have a job. <laughs> Listen, it's it, you're not paying me enough to do so. I'm gonna need the salary to be higher for me to be like, oh, that's fine, you know. Yeah, I think it comes to a point where when you start getting certain salaries, and that's what I was gonna say earlier about like the don't hit my line after those eight hours. I was gonna say the caveat to there is your position in the company and the money you make. If you a six figure individual, you a high level manager of this corporation. Yeah, you might have to work some free Saturdays. 
you probably gonna get some calls at six, seven o'clock while you having dinner with your family that I'm expect you to answer because you're probably a high level manager because you solve problems. And if I'm calling you around that time, we probably got a problem for you to solve. No, there's definitely levels to it. If you're paying me enough, hey, you can call me whenever you want. But uh, right now, I'm not getting paid enough for you to call me whenever the fuck you want to. Oh hell no. Pretty like that. Treat me how you pay me. What about? I mean, so if you're if you're a small business owner, like you have your own business, like do you give those people more of a pass if that's all they talk about? Because that's like literally their livelihood. I feel like the small business owners I know pedal. Mm. They pedal their small businesses only like every time they're around them, they're talking about it. And I think that's because they're trying to get like word of mouth out. Like, yeah, yeah, we're hanging out today, but you're talking about it tomorrow. We might be hanging out. There might be someone who wasn't at this table. So now you got to talk about it again because they're just like constantly trying to like make sure niggas know like, hey, yo, by the way, I do this. I do this. I do this. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But I will say for those small business owners, um, don't. Don't work more than those 10, 10 hours. I'm giving you more than eight because you've got something you're trying to get off the ground. I know y'all watch Shark Tank. Y'all hear these business owners. You see the books. You see the quotes on YouTube. I was working 18 hours, no sleep, eight days a week. Nigga, shut up. That is not healthy. Um, I seen an interview a couple of weeks ago about it, and they were like, she was saying her business is now doing way better than when she first started the first two years when she was like literally working herself to death. She was like, I left corporate America because I didn't want to work eight hours a day. Opened up my own business while I was working 15, 16 hours a day and making way less money. And I was like, that's like probably a real struggle that most business owners fall into. They want to be successful so bad and so fast that they're not like growing organically and they're putting too much pressure on themselves. And then they're working like 15, 16 hour days. Yeah, that's that's always like a hot take I've had. Like uh, like everybody and their mother shits on a 9 to 5 job, but also you are only working from 9 to 5. You do not have to do anything outside of that ever. You can really clock in and clock out like physically and mentally. And that has its perks, but also being your own boss has its perks. But I don't Being your boss does have your own perks, but I tell niggas all the time not everybody cut out to be a boss. Yeah. That's also like, I understand, I understand the mindset of like, let's say you have a corporate job and you're like, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to go out on my own and like start this business. But my thing is like, why would you not start that while also having a nine to five and set up a good foundation for yourself? And then once things start really becoming like, you can really start to see the promise going, then maybe put in like, you know, quit your job and then start following. But like, do it where like, yeah, I'm going to start this job. I just quit my job. I'm going to start doing this stuff. It's like, what? You didn't like plan anything out beforehand. You didn't have like some clientele set up or like, you know, a business model where, you know, you got stuff going. Like that's the crazy stuff. I think the problem is one, what people consider promise. Some people think like the first 10, 20,000 is like promise. Oh, this company is like proof they can make money. There's companies that do one, two, three million dollars in sales and go out of business the next year. So, like, you've got to gauge what real promise is. And then, two, I think it's – we just talked about how, like, they kind of skipped the organic growing process. I also think people almost underestimate at first how much work is going to go into starting and running their own business. It's hard to do that with a nine-to-five. So, one's got to give. 
And they're usually like, well, I don't put money into this. This is my baby. It's got to grow. So now that I got money on the line, this got to be the one that's successful. So they lead that job. And for those people, I hope and pray that it turns out successful. And then that's when you end up working like 15, 18 hours a day, killing yourself. And then you get, you, you know, you get burnt out or the business is successful. And then you're just like giving up. But if you just do that, like there's so much free time, like Paige said, like you work nine to five weekends are free. You know, literally after five, you have so much, there's still so many hours in the day that you can get stuff done. Yeah. Like don't, don't force yourself to go all in on something. I think that's what the issue is. We like, because like we see these shows like Shark Tank and, you know, you can watch a YouTube video where someone says, hey, I turn $1,000 into 100000 a year. You can do it too. It's like people just want to go full send and not like let things just kind of nurture and grow slowly. Yeah, I agree. I think I tell everybody about Shark Tank because I think Shark Tank has helped entrepreneurs in a whole in so many different ways. I think the biggest thing that like they do preach is like some business are meant to boom and be overnight hits. That's where you're going to make your money. Some truly need to grow organically. So I like that they stress on that. But they also let them know, like, there's a lot. There's a big difference between, like, a product and a business. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs fail to realize that as well. If you make, like, one gadget that sells really well and solves, like, one problem, that's cool. Like, you got a gadget that sold a lot, made you a lot of money. You don't have a fucking business, though. You got, like, one gadget that sells. So don't like quit your job thinking you're this big businessman who's going to turn this into a corporation for your one product that sells. No, oh, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Hmm. You know, like Shark Tank like gives people a false sense of hope when it comes to business stuff, though. Um, I think it it depends on what you take away from it. I think some people watching they're like, "Oh, they did this. I can do this too," and the people who can't. Probably were never meant to be business owners in the first place. Because not everybody cut out to be a boss. Not everybody cut out to be a business owner. Shark Tank makes people think everybody is. And you got to know enough about yourself to know that like, hey, I'm probably not cut out for this. Paige, as a small business, multiple small business owner, or maybe just one, I'm confused sometimes on things. Um how do you find like a good balance between working your job and then doing your kind of side businesses and hustles and like, you know, making sure that you're still growing organically and still being profitable, but also not killing yourself working 20 hours a week or a day or whatever? Yeah. Um, I set a, I set a limited amount of hours per week to work on it because, you know, I'm not trying to be the next like, you know, Bill Gates or anything. I just needed enough to be like an extra stream of income. So one of them, I just have enough um, customers to monthly make a certain amount of money. Uh, the other one, like the clothing one, I really just do it when I feel like it or when I hit the jackpot and find like a lot of good items to give people. Because I don't try to just shell, like sell bullshit or just sell something that everybody else sells. I try to like actually curate, you know, drops and stuff. Um, and that one also helps because when I'm super busy, I'm not losing any money. I'm just basically pausing it. Um, but when I'm like actually working on stuff, I just set like a limited amount of hours per week that I work on it. Well, especially with thriftings too, because like realistically you go to a Goodwill, like you can get some, you can get a lot of stuff for very cheap. So even if you, let's say you drop like $40, 
on a on a good drop at a thrift store like you sell two or three things like you're already making profit well maybe with shipping i don't know but probably around there yeah like i always do free shipping so the price is like considered on that um because i use a service that like has cheaper pricing than usps um so i can kind of take that into consideration and then i like don't overcharge stuff i charge enough to like not only break even, but have a little bit of profit. There are some people that will have drops and charge like three times the, you know, estimated value of an item. And like, I get where they're coming from, you know, they want to make a big profit, but there is a large margin of people that are just out to like rip everybody off. And I don't really understand that, but it just kind of depends too. Cause like super vintage stuff, you can really find that shit on eBay for, you know, crazy amounts. So you like, you want to compete with that and try to make that much money, but also like, it's kind of ridiculous to try and resell something you got for $5 and try to sell it for like 200. So. Yeah. But if the market's there, but I think the difference is like eBay's a, a lot different compared to you selling on Instagram. Yeah. Well, I know, but that's some people's like thought process is like, Oh, I'm going to look up the value of it on eBay and price it considering that. Like, hey, sell it on eBay then, huh? Yeah, shit. Like, all right, new topic, new topic. I think this is a good one. I think a lot of people need to kind of learn this. Learning how and when to say no to things. I don't have no problem telling niggas no. If I don't like it, I'm gonna tell you how I like it. Um, but I learned over time, not everybody is um, not as outspoken, but just as like upfront as I am. If you struggle telling people no, damn, I'd probably say see a therapist, but that's pussy. So I guess like evaluate yourself and like be better. Like that's that's almost all I can think of. Cause like if someone asks you something and you don't want to do it and you have a hard time time and time again telling people no, like there's no steps I can give you to get better at that. I think it's I think there's definitely something that I, even I've gotten better with over the time of like, if I don't want to do things, like people are like, hey, let's hang out. And I'm like, listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be there. I'll know what to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have a hard time saying no because they feel like it's selfish to say no. But like with a negative connotation, like, yeah, I'm going to say no because I'm being selfish with my time. But it's not like because I don't like you. It's just because I don't want to do it. And I think that mindset, like, fucks a lot of people over, like, oh, yeah, I guess I can do that. Like, no, if you don't want to do it, just say no. Nobody's going to actually care that much. And if they do, they really need to, like, check their ego because the world doesn't revolve around them. But I think it's it's something about, like, people not wanting to say no to not hurt people's feelings. But in all reality, it very rarely hurts anybody's feelings to say no when you don't want to do something. Yeah, my feelings will not get hurt. Um, honestly, if I hurt somebody's feelings telling them no, I probably don't care because still didn't want to do it. And I'm glad yeah. to be selfish. Like the fuck. Um, I like Kanye said, I love me way more than I love you. So like, stop it. Um, outside of that, I will then say, devil's advocate. Don't like say no to a bunch of plans consistently, and then be mad when nobody invites you nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. yes, nigga, you're not part of the squad because you was never with the plans. So we're not hitting you with no plans no more. Yeah, I get that. For So like, for an example, 
a couple months ago, my friend for her birthday really wanted, like, all she talks about is going to the trampoline park. And she just wants to, like, jump around and do all that shit. Personally, that sounds fucking miserable. That's something I never want to do. I'm not about it. I don't want to do it. So I was just like, hey, I appreciate the invite. I really do. And I'm glad you are doing what you want to do. But I genuinely do not want to do that. So if you, like, go out or do dinner afterwards, I will gladly meet you. But I have absolutely no desire to jump on trampolines with little kids. And she was like, no, I totally get that. I didn't think you'd really want to, but I just, you know, wanted to invite you. But we're going to dinner. You can meet us there. And I was like, all right, bet. She did not care at all. But I just did not want to do that at all. Um, one. I know you're going to say something about the trampoline part. Get it out. I hold back on, like, roasting your friends because they're your friends. (laughs) Two, what I will say is for my birthday, that'd probably be the one time I'd be like, what you want? If I have plans for my birthday and squad getting together... And you're like, oh, no, that sounds lame. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, um, don't come around for a while. Well, I wasn't the only one that didn't want to do the trampoline parks. We all just met up for dinner afterwards. It would have been it would have been different if I was the only one to bail. I think. Um, question then. So for future reference, for like a squad trip, if I can get enough people that say they want to go to a trampoline park, Ezra, if... If you didn't want to go, you would go because the squad was going? No, no. You mis- you mistook what I said. Okay. If it was He's your birthday and you got yeah. everybody to go to this trash trampoline park, I would go because it was your birthday. Like, we're yeah. celebrating you. I'm not necessarily supposed to enjoy what's going on because it's not my day. So I'm going to just go and help celebrate you. Got it. Say, next year. Trampoline park birthday on the books. I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't like hate a trampoline park. I'd go. Oh, my God. God, I'm going to get like, it rented out, a whole little section for us. Jump around a little bowl. bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. Interesting. I feel like, I, you know what? I respect that. I feel like that's a that's a good friend thing of, hey, I hate everything about this, but I'm going to go and ride because it's your day. Yeah, I didn't know some oh. trash shit for birthdays before. Like, dumpster juice. <laughs> I know uh, this is a little bit different to the no thing. I know girls who have dated people because they've been afraid to like say no to that person. And then they'll like break up with them like very shortly after. And I'm like, like what? I, I don't understand why you just don't say no to begin with. Yeah. I'm in big agreement there. Like that's strange to me. Yeah. I've, I've never, it's, it's some kind of like a weird guilt thing. I also don't understand like why people stay in couples because they like don't want to be the one to do the breaking up like if you're miserable and you don't want to be in a couple just break up it doesn't matter if you do it or they do it but i've like Mm. known people that were like i really don't want to date him anymore but i don't want to break up with him i want him to do it so they like make the guy's life miserable so he breaks up with yeah this or like vice versa we're gonna have to have a segment called your friends is children. No, that, like, that wasn't my friend. That wasn't my friend. That was a girl that I spoke to at the bar, and she um, was dating a guy, and she was telling me that she wanted to yeah, end things. That's even weirder. Um, yeah, not my friend. Outside of that, I'm not going to say break up with someone because you're miserable, because relationships have highs and lows. They have peaks and valleys. But if you're like consistently not happy for like a long period of time, and long is subjective, then maybe. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about you had a bad day, you need to break up. I'm talking about, like, the whole relationship was miserable for her. And she just wouldn't break up with him. She didn't want to be the bad guy. I was like, fuck, fuck that. Like, if you're miserable, just break up. That seems like some middle school stuff when yeah. you're like, tell them, like, we're, we're over or something like that. Yeah, it's just, it was so strange. It was so, I just, and I had so many questions and none of her points made any sense. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> Maybe she was telling you, hoping that you would tell her boyfriend. I would never offer to, like, do the breaking up for someone. Um, this is one, I don't even know if it was a while ago or what. Interesting topic, though. Parenting decision, even though none of us are parents. Would you give your kids an opioid prescription that the doctor prescribes them for pain? So, like, if they have a big surgery or something and they're like, hey, you know, your kid's going to be on these, would you let your kids have them or no? Oh, that was definitely mine, wasn't it? I I don't remember one, but it seems like something you would bring up. It was definitely mine because I was talking to someone about it. I didn't grow up taking medicine, really. I didn't start taking medicine, really, until I got to, like, high school. Um... Just like religion and my family's morals and backing. I don't think I can give my kids, even if they were in the most pain of their life, I don't think I would give my kids opioids, even if they were prescribed by doctors. Because the highs, the lows, the way people be talking about how like they were addicts and their life was ruined because they took painkillers for like a minor surgery or maybe even a major surgery. And they only took them for like two weeks. And that enough was enough to get them addicted and make them ruin their lives for three, four, five years to try to get that high again. I don't think I would ever subject my kid to that. If they're, I'm not mad at anybody who's like of 18 or older and they get surgery and they choose to do it. You're an adult. It's your decision. But my kid under 18, he not going to get it from me. Hi. Um, I completely disagree. Uh, when I had knee surgery in high school, um, I was prescribed Percocet and my dad monitored it and he locked it up when, um, I wasn't taking it and he's the only person that ever gave it to me. And I was completely fine after like a week and a half. And then he threw the rest away and I'm completely fine. I've never had a drug issue. So, um, I'm going to say if I had a kid that was in pain, like I was in pain, I'm going to do anything to help them not be in pain. Um, will I monitor that shit very closely? Absolutely. Um, there, there is always the chance that, you know, somebody could get addicted to something, but also like if your child's a minor, it's kind of your job to monitor stuff like that especially if it's a medication you know that was prescribed for an actual medical reason um and like i I do have a friend that was like on some pills and it did mess them up for a couple years but they were like you know they they figured that shit out and got better um so yeah i would do it if they were in severe pain from something like that I feel like it it just like terrifies me that you know your kid could be just a completely normal kid and then like like you said your friend who just 
took some and the next thing you know they like had a problem for a couple of years like to give them something that strong yeah. that they could get addicted to is like terrifying as a parent because it's not just like let's be real you know as a parent you probably are aware that your kids drink or they definitely smoke because i don't think any kids actually good at hiding the fact that they smoke weed yeah. um but like pills and especially oh my god i mean and, we saw fucking mac miller died from yeah. fentanyl pills that he didn't realize and literally you can monitor it as great as you want you can be the world's best parent you can monitor it you can have only given them two when they're in the most severe severe pain it only takes one time to get hooked to become an addict to something so having it in your system once could be enough to make you want to itch that itch from there on or scratch that itch from there on. I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't advise doing it. Something about me just feels terrible even thinking of it. Because that's a kid we're talking about. In worst case scenario, your 11, 12-year-old who has surgery and pain become an addict, you got to live the rest of your life knowing you're the reason they fought addiction problems. And that's not something I want on my chest. I would hope, uh, maybe this is just because of the age. I don't know if I'd be as worried as, like, a younger kid, but I feel like once you get to, like, um, like a high schooler, then I might be like, oh, that gets a little dicey. I don't know why in my mind that just, but that makes sense to me. I think I would worry at any age. Because if whatever makes them want to be an addict hits off and, like, they come hooked to that, they're going to try to get it however they can. If they're 17, if they're 15, if they're 13, they're going to find it. And I would hate to think that, like, damn, as a parent, I'm the... Like, addiction is no joke. Like, nobody wants their kid to be addicted. Nobody's, like, putting their hand in it. But you would be the one single-handedly responsible for them being an addict at that rate. Like, yeah, it was prescribed. Yeah, they were in pain. But you, they guardian and they parent, you had every right to say no. I'm saying no. I got prescribed something when I got my uh, wisdom teeth taken out. I didn't actually ever fill the prescription because I was just like, but it was definitely something a little harder when I was like, I think I'm just good on that. Because God forbid I fucking enjoy the feeling too much. And then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I was definitely just prescribed perks when I fucked my ACL. My dad was like, nah, you good. <laughs> Our coaches were they, like, nah, you good. They didn't, like, they didn't like want any of us taking it for obvious reasons. The uh, Paige, you you had the the knee injury, correct? Yeah, I had reconstructive knee surgery when I was sixteen. Um, had a morphine shot in my ass. The first time I was sent to the ER for it, I've had to have morphine shots, all kinds of shit for my kidney stones too. I was just uh, thinking because I think Anna's Anna's aunt either got like I think she got her knee replaced with like a whole new uh, thing. And they prescribed her, like, probably, you know, perks or something. And she was like, I'm not going to do them. But apparently, like, once you get your knee, like, replaced, they want you to just be moving the whole time, like, very soon after to, like, really help the recovery process. Yep. And it's pretty much, like, it's so painful. Like, you need the pain pills to be able to do that kind of shit. Yeah, they um they made me walk the day I had surgery. Yeah. I'm not calling nobody's pain level pussy, but um, yeah, I know niggas who had their surgery on their knees and shit and didn't take the perks. They just fought through the pain. My kid gonna just fight through the pain. 
I don't want to have I I don't want to have knee surgery. I'm like ninety percent sure I'm gonna have to. My knees are dog shit, and like I don't want to feel this pain. But like you know, there's a little part of you that's like I gotta see what this pain's all about. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I have a feeling I'm not. Scenario: Go to the ER and get a morphine shot in your ass. I feel like morphine doesn't make you just feel very warm. Yeah, hundred percent. It feels like you are under a massive heated blanket. Oh. Yeah. That's the only one I like really felt anything from like Percocet. My dad only gave me like half a pill each time. And it was like, I had to feel pain again before he would give me another one. So I wasn't like numb the whole time. Um, But all it did was just knock me the fuck out. So I would be able to sleep. Because otherwise it kind of felt like my leg was going to fall off, to be fair. But um, but yeah, because they took like part of a different tendon and like sewed it together or some shit. So it was not just my knee. It was like my whole leg. It just fucking sucked. But, yeah, I definitely if I if I had to give my kids stuff, like I definitely would not give them a full fucking dosage by any means. Yeah, no, he like gave me half a pill each time. So it just like numbed the pain a little bit to where I wasn't like in really, really bad situations. But apparently there's like some kind of combination between ibuprofen and Tylenol. Like it's a certain amount that is almost the same as Percocet. Oh. I've heard that. Yeah. One of the ER doctors when I had kidney stones this last time told me that. So I tried it and it did not fucking work. But maybe that was just because kidney stones are fucking just the worst. So who knows? You got a fucking drug dealer as a goddamn someone working in the ER trying to get you hooked on shit. Well, they were they were trying to avoid the whole opioid prescription. Maybe they were trying to placebo effect you of like, listen, if you take one Tylenol and one baby aspirin, you're good. Yeah. Wait, you oh came in God. for a kidney stone? I came in for three kidney stones. Yeah, they probably oh, thought you were an addict trying to get strung out. They was only going to give you Tylenol. Literally, no one in the world has three kidney stones. This girl's crazy. I've had three kidney stones twice. <laughs> That's crazy. No, but um, I was like throwing up all over the waiting room. So they were like, oh, okay. Oh, she's going through withdrawals. Yeah, get her on the Tylenol, guys. Sorry. It's fine. No, they they drug test you before they prescribe you. Acting like an addict wouldn't have some fake pee on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't like tweaking out or like twitching or anything. I was just like... <laughs> Fucking scratching your neck like, yeah, yeah, you got that, you know, that perks in there, man. Nope, just throwing up blood. <laughs> just, throwing, just casual. Yeah. Um. All right. Last topic. What does living your truth mean to you slash society? Whenever I hear living your truth, I just think of like the Bachelorette when girls are like, "No, I'm not lying. I'm just living my truth," and it's it's just all bullshit. So I don't have a great connotation to yeah. living your truth. That entire show is a waste. I, very... I, have never lost, I have never lost so many brain cells from watching something in my entire life. Very happy I didn't know that was a thing. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound like very like generic, but I would just say being like authentically yourself. And I think... I don't know right now if there's a ton of people who are like authentically themselves. Like, a lot of people front for Instagram, Snap, TikTok. I want you to just be you. On, on your Instagram, be the same person on your Instagram. You are in text with the boys. You are with your friends. You are around family. Those are, like, the authentic, true-to-themselves people I like to keep around. Some niggas just are not true to themselves. 
I feel like as long as you are like, I feel like everybody has a certain moral compass. And I feel like if you're abiding by that and living for yourself and not living for everyone else, then you're doing a pretty good job. Um, Cause I can't stand like talking to people and them, you know, like exaggerating the truth to like make themselves look or sound better. And it's just like, I don't fucking care. Nobody actually cares what you do. Just tell me the truth. So just stuff like that. I think. I like the social media one. Um, Cause we've talked about this before. I mean, even look at like this past weekend of Halloween. Now, I guarantee you everybody's posting all these photos of them being out, um, including myself. I mean, I posted something on the story, and, like, that. the pregame was a great time. The fucking event with the wind was terrible. Um, but, you know, it's just a lot of, you know, posting what people, you know, you want to show off what, how people want to perceive you and how you want to be perceived when, you know, that's not your real life. Like, I guarantee you more than half the people who posted stuff about this weekend had a terrible weekend. Oh, absolutely. And nobody posted like the throw up pictures or like the pictures blacked out or What's the Drake bar? He knew a girl that all she wanted to do is go go to Rome and then all she did is post pictures or whatever. That's what I feel like everybody does now. And it's like, bro, like if I ask your friends about you, they need to line up with all this stuff I see on your IG story, your TikTok, your Instagram. Cause if they be like, nah, like he dressed nice, but he a lame nigga or he don't really be doing nothing. I'm going to be like, so what was all this for? It was performative. It's a production. That's a valid point. That's a good one. Like, if you ask the people around you in your day-to-day, if you're the same on and off, that's a very good point. Hate to see it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I get it. Some niggas is truly fucking losers, and they don't want to be perceived as a loser. (laughs) I get they struggle, but, like, stop. The world need fucking losers. Someone, we, someone has we to. need someone to suck. We top to be an Instagram model. Just having a fake like you're always on vacation, always living your best life. <laughs> Have you seen that app where you can um, screenshot somebody's pictures? You upload it to that app and then somehow it like reverses every edit that's been done to the picture to like reveal what it actually is. Yeah, that's so much work. Whoever's doing that is also a fucking loser. We've now we've now caught two losers. I saw it. On, I saw it on TikTok. I don't remember what the name of it was, but I was like intrigued. They um, who the fuck did they do? They did some like really famous chick. What was her name? But um, there was just like a bunch of different like edits of the girl's body shape. That every time he pressed the back arrow, it just like got completely different. It was wild. But also, like, who took? Who fucking cares enough? But you know, whatever. Uh, that's like funny, but also like it's funny to see you know how much someone has changed their photo. But like, uh, like you said, it is also weird that someone took the time out. Like, hey, you know, what I'm gonna do, make this thing that completely unedits someone's photos that they posted on Instagram. Damn. But also funny and sad. Funny and sad. Oh, there's too many, too many social pressures. People feel like they gotta flex all the time. You know, gotta let you know what they're doing. Just live your life. Don't post anything on your Instagram like I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Be like me. 
Um, quick sports talk, sports talk. I don't know if anything else big happened today besides the Von Miller trade and Anthony uh, Adrian Peterson back in the league once again with Derrick Henry out. Oh, Jameis also tore his ACL. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened today. Yeah, it was big. Um, Von trade, massive. The Rams are doing what they tried to do a few years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl. They're, they're doing everything to put themselves in position to win it. I like the move. I wouldn't be surprised if they make one more move before the deadline on defense. As far as uh, Adrian Peterson, dog. He's going to be a dog behind Tennessee's line after he's off that practice squad. Don't worry. I already nibbed him to be a running back on my squad. The Von Miller trade is huge. That defense just keeps getting better, and especially with Stafford being at the helm. I mean, how do you not feel confident that the Rams can go all the way? Especially now, I'm I'm going to put a little bit of like chalk into what happened yesterday between the Bucks and the uh, Saints. Um, realistically, though, the Saints with a backup quarterback, like I'm not too worried about them going forward. So it's yeah. if they're going to play the Bucks in the playoffs, it's going to be in Tampa and. Tampa kills everybody in Tampa. The Rams with that defense, if they can just lock down, put pressure on Brady, I don't know. They man. might truly need one more secondary piece and one more linebacker. I doubt they'll get both. I think they need to make one move for one more decent secondary piece of linebacker. But right now, still my favorites to win. The Browns pick, everybody who was high on the Browns, including myself, they're showing us they're still the Browns. They're just... It's Baker. You know, this is why you can't pay him, man. Well, he he he's injured. Like He came back from injury early, I'm pretty sure. Um, They have lost some running backs who have been injured. Baker wasn't looking good this season at all, though, before the injury. It was really the running yeah. backs carrying them to wins. And at some point, you got to ask yourself, like, like we said before, am I going to throw away this much money for a Baker Mayfield to be in this exact same position for the next six years? Can't do it. No, I, I definitely don't think so. But I, I really do not get why. Because I'm pretty sure I was reading somewhere where he, like, he fucked up his shoulder and, like, it was definitely significant and he came back. But it was, like, it's his, it was, like, kind of recovering. It's his non-throwing. So they probably just gave him a shot and, like, padded it, and he was good to go. Yeah, I mean, and then I don't know what you do with Odell. Um, partially torn labrum, labrum and fracture in left shoulder. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, he's straight. That's, That's a lot of words that, for, to say nothing. He's straight. <laughs> That's non-throwing. Everybody else would play through that. Um, yeah, quarterback, so it matters a little. But, again, it's his non-throwing, so – They'll give him painkillers and he'll go out and play. Yeah, Odell one cat for six yards yesterday. He's been it's Baker, bro. Baker sucks. So they need to trade Odell. I doubt Odell's gonna get moved before the deadline tomorrow, but they should have been looking to trade Odell. I also don't know where DJ's gonna end up. I don't know. The thing is, and I told you this when you we texted me about uh DJ wanting a trade, is like I'm a big D-Jack fan. I like him. He's explosive no matter how old he is. The issue is, and it happened last year, he had like a 90-yard touchdown against the Cowboys and then was out because he hurt himself. So it's like it's a matter of time. But, and he doesn't even play that much with the Rams. 
So it's like it, there's only a matter of time if you like take him seriously as a wide receiver before he gets injured. Yeah, this rate is like I think they might truly end up cutting him. He wants out. I mean, they said they look to trade him. It don't look like they're finding any trade partner. They might just cut him, which is yeah, dumb I mean, on his part because he's got a chance at a championship here. That shows you he's a selfish player, though. Um, never thought D-Jack was necessarily like a super team player. But to be on a team where you can contribute in a role that you're pretty much known for, and the only thing that's really still left in your game going deep, they still use you like that. They were giving him about three deep shots a game. He wasn't hitting all of them, but you don't hit every deep pass. Like, stop it. And you're on a championship contender. To ask to be traded makes no sense. Like, I probably wouldn't even want him in my locker room if I'm a different team. Oh, dude. I mean, if at this age, you're not going to get paid, okay? You're not going to be as productive as you used to be. So why would you not chase the chip? And let's be real. The Rams are probably your best shot. Yeah. Because, like, the I was we should probably start doing a power rankings, like the top five teams in the league at some point. Probably. But it's like, you're at the Rams to one of, I think, one of the top five by far. What are you going to go to the Packers, who are, they, they're, they're good, but their defense is still iffy. The Cardinals are, I think, they're not as good as people think they are. The Bills, I mean, could the Bills use him? All of Maybe? these teams have players who do what d does, and he's not going to come there and take these younger in their prime player spot. Because even in Green Bay, Devontae Adams can do it all. You got the MV who goes deep. Like, that's what he's there for. In Buffalo, Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders has been their deep guy. Like, d Jack is not coming there and taking none of their spots. He'll probably be farther down the rotation because it almost felt like McVay was, like, throwing him a bone or two every game and trying to hit him on a deep pass and getting him in there to try to hit him. So I don't I don't I don't know what his play is there, um, but it's not a great look. Like you're gonna end up in somewhere like fucking Jacksonville, and you're gonna be like, why did I leave as the Rams and win a fucking championship? Because I mean, at this point in your career, it's like I would want a chip. Literally. Because how old is he? He's got to be like thirty-seven. Yeah, oh, like thirty-four. Thirty. But hey, in football terms, you might as well be washed. In football terms and in just deep threat wide receivers, they drafted Nick. Niggas run four two, four threes like DJ. He's probably a four four now. You can get a four four wide receiver undrafted, and he's gonna do the same thing DJ gonna do. You're gonna put him in there for three plays and you're gonna throw a deep ball. So like we can't act like he's a commodity because he's not no more. He's probably not better than most teams deep threat at this age. Damn, I was looking at an article real quick saying the Rams should deal Deshaun to clear a spot for Von Miller, but I think one of their uh, 2-2 out will get injured going on IR, and I was looking at the comments, and someone said, sorry, but Deshaun Jackson's most noteworthy actions during the past three years were his tweets quoting Hitler. Not a great look. I forgot about that. Not a great look for him at all. If I'm being honest, they should have traded him to the Broncos for Vod. Like, <laughs> Just please, throw it in there. Please take him. Um, Jameis going down with the torn ACL is tough. I don't like seeing that. Yeah, I don't love it. He was he was balling this year. I think he's going to get a starting spot. And I seen an article somewhere, and it was like, 
Mitch Trubisky will be a starter next year. Someone's going to take the bait. And I truly believe it. I believe it'll happen. The same way they took the bait with Jacoby Brissett. The same way they finally took the bait on Jameis, Teddy. I think people still know who Mitch Trubisky was and the talent and potential he had. He'll probably be starting somewhere next year. I think if you put him somewhere with like a good QB, like good coach that can definitely work with QBs and develop him. I mean, I don't want to put too much fucking draft stock or stock into what he did during the preseason, but remember he carved up the fucking uh, the Bears during preseason. He had games where he bowled when he was in Chicago. Yeah. He, the talent was definitely there on his part. I don't know how great the talent around him ever was in Chicago. They had a good defense and imagine, wanted him to do the rest. But, I mean, it was Matt Nagy, so we didn't see what Matt Nagy capable of. I mean – like, I don't want to shit on Carson Wentz, but we saw, like, Carson Wentz has, like, these flashes, and then he has the worst plays of all time. Trubisky can do that. And Carson's still balling. He'll probably be the Colts starter again next year. He's playing well, but he's still kind of stupid. But he's always been, like, a gunslinger kind Like, it's kind of like the Brett Favre gunslinger. You're going to get a lot of good, but you're going to get some, like, unexplainable stupid. Yeah, he just it's always trying to do too much. Oh, we cannot go without you touching on Calvin Ridley. Uh oh. taking some time to step away from football. Yeah, I'd cut him. I'd trade him or I'd cut him. Um probably trade him because he's probably got some trade value. I would trade him. He wouldn't be on my team. Um mental illness being whatever it is, whatever. I'm not calling anybody whatever for like suffering with it or dealing with it. Um but this is what I will say, which I've been consistent on the whole time through this mental illness push. Said it with, uh, what was it, Simone. I said it with uh, Naomi. I say it with Calvin Ridley as well. These celebrities go through this. They're stepping away to deal with their mental illness. It's almost like performative to me because every other American in the world, every other American in America got to fight through that and go to their nine to five to put food on their table. So we pay you millions of dollars and you can't fight through that, come work for us, come practice, come play, and just work on you outside of this, I don't like that. It it gives a bigger-than-thou perspective. If I got to fight through my problems and go to work, if I had those issues, and I'm getting paid, niggas probably getting paid eight eight twenty five hours, still showing up to McDonald's with their mental illness. This nigga getting paid millions and can't show up to work? Come on now. This is still work. You know, he's uh he's like, listen, the Falcon season's a wash again. I'm just gonna take my time, step away, and call it, call it for the season. It's cheap. I'd cut him. I'd trade him, but if I couldn't trade him, I'd cut him. Tough luck, tough luck for the Falcons. Thought you guys had a win yesterday, and then that just wasn't the case. Yeah, that was weird, but I'm happy we're losing them. Before we get out of here, real quick, mm-hmm. would you take? How much money would you put on Detroit not winning the game this year? None. I think they can pull one out. They didn't play some close ones, but the, they didn't play close ones. But then the ones that should be close aren't. Like yesterday? Come on now. <laughs> like what? Bro, the Eagles are a dominant force, and they can't be stopped. I see people now posting pictures of Jalen, our hero, the savior. I was like, yeah, nigga threw for 103 yards. When y'all play a real team, y'all going to hate him again. He did nothing. I would not post. I would post, and I told you this yesterday. I had fucking Kenny Gannon because I was like, he's due, due for a breakout. Fucking 
Austin Scott and Jordan Howard returned from the fucking dead to have two touchdowns each. Yeah, that's rough. All right, let's look at the Lions schedule. They play the Steelers. Oh, hold on. This might not be good. They play the Steelers, the Browns, the Bears, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the, and the Packers. Their only chance at a dub is probably the Falcons. Shit. Could they go 0-17? I might truly have to put some money on them going 0-17. Oh, my God. Their only chance in that schedule is probably the Falcons or the Broncos if Teddy's not playing. They might have a chance at two wins, and that's still just a maybe. Wow, I did not realize that was their schedule. That's a terrible schedule. I was going to say, that's kind of a rough schedule. Keep an eye – I will say this. Keep an eye on the Steelers game. Strictly because the Steelers are so bad at putting up points. Like, the under hits in their game, like, every week. I believe it. <laughs> um, so, that that could be a sneaky one. Or the Browns, depending on how the Browns play. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I feel almost wow, bad for the city of Detroit. Um, all right, man. Let's wrap this thing up and uh, hit some music and TV. Um, so I'm back watching a new season of The Masked Singer. I'm going to say that one. Also, The Voice, because Ariana Grande's on there and she's killing it, but mostly The Masked Singer. And then, um, for some reason I've been really vibing with Nick Jonas's old solo albums here recently, like at the gym and shit. Um, so yeah, his old, like, 2016 album is still good. Um, TV-wise, I've been, uh, watching Good Times, it's getting better and better, um, aging like a fine wine. Music-wise, they were blasting at Alicia Keys in the office today. Gosh, she was slept on. Not slept on. I feel like people don't put enough respect on Alicia Keys. Mm, you know what? You're right. I feel like a lot of people just go to Beyonce. That's their go-to. Yeah. I actually finally finished watching the Fear Street trilogy after, like, taking a break for, like, several months. Um, Really good. I think it's definitely it's a good little take on a different kind of horror stuff. Highly recommend watching those. Um, the third one, 1666, starts out very slow. Just let it happen, though, and then it all makes sense. It's very good. Music-wise, I've been listening to that TikTok song. Um, meet me at our spot, the live version on Spotify. What a bop when it, on the, the live version is so much better than the uh, album version. Oh, Willow Smith and that band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the live version superior. The album version, don't waste your time, does not slap at all. Um, or a serious one. I was looking at Joey Battis' uh, old album, and I was like, yo, this is still really fucking good. <laughs> so definitely listen to that. Um, but that is it. So, hey, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porsche Talk, No A. Popping off on TikTok still, as always. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, leave us a review on there. If you leave us a review, we'll get read during the podcast. Um, subscribe on there, Spotify, anywhere else. Hit our DMs again for any sitcom suggestions. We appreciate you for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Get in with it.